to everyone that sent in a question today, that's your first step. This is everyone's first step today. So if you hear this and it gets back to you, I'm really, really proud because it's hard to send a question like that. What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Danny Lopriori, and welcome to Off the Cuff. You might know me as the guy from the Basement Yard, Vine, the Low Priori podcast. And while I love to make people laugh, just know that I've struggled with my mental health for most of my life, just like many of you. Here on Off the Cuff, I will be talking with some of the most impactful influencers, athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and mental health experts to have real, unapologetic conversations about mental health and breaking the stigma that surrounds it. This show is for you, and I'm so happy to have you here. Now, let's talk Off the Cuff. Welcome back to Off the Cuff. I am your host, Danny Lopriori, and today I'm joined by... My amazing, wonderful, really the only reason I ever do anything correctly, my producer, Miss Sam Davidson. Sam, how are you doing today? Hey, Danny. I am good. Just gearing up for the holidays, and I'm super excited to go over some questions that our listeners have sent in to you. Yes, yes. Very excited. Today, we'll be answering some questions from the audience, because if it wasn't for the audience... We would just be talking to ourselves, but you know, talking to yourself is fine sometimes, but you know, it's nice to (laughs) talk and have other people listen to you for a change. All right. Do you want to hear the first one? So our first question is from Annie Cole V 88. Hey, Danny, I've always been the friend that people come to with issues and talk to when they need anything, their therapist. When I reach out to those same people to vent about anything, I feel like a burden. The conversations flip about them and their needs real quick. Do you ever deal with this? Not sure what to do without being rude. Yes, Annie. Thank you for your question. And yes, I have. I feel like I dealt with this a lot in my early 20s. I was struggling a lot with some of my own stuff, but I had this weird uh, self-soothing mechanism where I wanted to help everybody else with their problems and actually went a long time neglecting my own. And uh, for me, I felt like it wasn't reciprocated back to me as well. It's not that, you know, these people are bad friends. I don't want you to think of your friends as bad friends, but they just might not be as equipped as you to help with other people's issues. A lot of people are selfish and it doesn't make them bad people. But, you know, a lot of times we deal with, with selfish people in our lives. We all have friends that, you know, if you're in a group chat with your friends, everybody talks shit about each other every once in a while. If you're looking to your friends for validation, A lot of the times they're not going to be able to give you that validation because everybody has their own life. You know what I mean? This is why I stress going to therapy so much. It's hard to look for your friends to solve all of your problems. And it's hard for you to solve all of your friends' problems. I'm sure because a lot of times in my life, I've been let down by friends. And it wasn't because they're bad friends. It's just they just weren't, they didn't have... uh, the emotional capacity to really deal with anybody else's issues at the time, or, you know, they have their own lives. So this is why I stress people out to always go to therapy, because this is where you have to bring in professionals to really deal with this type of stuff. And, you know, a lot of friends get into arguments and, you know, friendly breakups over this type of stuff, you know, but I don't know if you've ever expressed yourself any to them. So maybe you could actually express yourself to them what you just expressed to us and see what their response is. So true. And I think too, you know, the older you get, 
the more you understand and love yourself, the people you surround yourself with will reflect that. And maybe some of your current friends might fall through the cracks a little bit and you'll be make new friends that will listen to your problems. Yeah. Once I got like sober and stopped like doing stuff, it's like you got to trim the fat sometimes. And it's not that I have like any less love for those people. Like when I see them, it's like, yo, how's it going? It's just like, I know like we can't hang out every day because we kind of supported each other's bad habits. Have I made a lot more friends by getting myself better? Yes. I think my social life has only gotten better since I've gotten better. If you're the best version of yourself, you're going to attract people that are going to resonate with that. And then, you know, healthy people mentally and healthy people physically you know, my thing is I feel very healthy mentally. Physically, I want to get a little bit healthier, but it's put me more in a position to win in life, you know, just by taking care of myself and going the necessary steps and, you know, not putting so much of that burden on my friends and even on myself to help my friends. Like I can only do so much, you know, yeah. Sam, I'm sure you have a bunch of friends that come to you for help all the time. Oh, yeah. Even when I'm not the one who should be helping or. I have my own stuff going on. They come to me all the time. Yeah, of course. It's in our nature. But sometimes we overextend ourselves by trying to help everybody. And it's impossible. You'll never, it's, the, no good deed goes unpunished. I say it all the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your question, Annie. Let's get to the next one. This is Jacob Tyler. Have you dealt with imposter syndrome through your creative entertainment pursuits? I'm always told about how talented I am, but even with my huge passion for art and design, I find myself struggling to start my creative engine at times and often fall into my vices and leisure activities. Do you have any tips for becoming a more disciplined person when it comes to pursuing a creative career? Thanks, Danny. All right. Thank you, Jacob. The short answer to that is yes, but we're going to give the long answer. So to answer your first question, Jacob, yeah, I deal with imposter syndrome for sure. But it's almost like when I sell out, you know, a show and I go do it and all these people spent their hard-earned money. Like I, I remember telling everybody before I went on stage, I said, I can't believe these many people spent this money before Christmas to see me, you know? And I had that moment and I was just like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. But then you kind of think and look back, like I've been doing this since 2013 and I put the work in, in terms of trying to be the best that I am at what I do. And that's being funny and that's helping people either it's whether through this podcast or it's through comedy, you know, to help people have a good time in their lives. And that helps me, but for sure, 100%, I've had imposter syndrome many times and I'm sure I'll have it plenty of more times. I think a lot of times people have a hard time accepting like, this is my life. You know what I mean? A lot of people think they got there because they don't deserve it. That's not how it is. That type of thinking will get you in trouble, especially like going even back to our other question. It's you get imposter syndrome and then, you know, people ask you for favors and, you know, you're like, well, like I, I should start helping people and doing all this. And then you turn out there's no money left over. And it's a very slippery slope to have that. But yeah, when I have imposter syndrome, I try to nip it in the ass by, um, looking at what I've done to get here and how much work it took for me to get here. And what I do for a living, it's like I'm pretending to be somebody else half of the time anyway. You know how it is. You, you've been around comedy. You, you've done comedy yeah. yourself. And you know how it is. It's it's uh, we're, we're these large exaggerations of ourselves on stage. And in podcasting, like my comedy podcast, like obviously I'm good. That's why people have senses of humor and comedic, you know, what, what we like. You know, we watch, I watch South Park all the time. It's like, but it's in a very extreme show. 
Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like not all of the things I agree with, but once you kind of peel the layers back, you kind of get more of an understanding of separating what you do for a living, especially in comedy and like what you do like every day. Mm-hmm. So that helps me with imposter syndrome to make it feel like, you know, it's performance. Yeah. Like you are a different person. Yeah. I have to have it that way because if I make that, like, that's just me all the time. Even if it's true, I'll feel like I'm be playing a character every single minute of my life and just be exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't be able to do it. Like I just, I'll feel exhausted and like, you know, I'm just this facade all the time. It takes a lot to get there. And now to answer your second question, sometimes I'm, I'm mean to myself when it comes to like giving myself a creative boost to like, Oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. Like today, like let's be more regimented. A regimen has never worked for me. And I'm just speaking personally myself in my creative process. It's very, I get inspired at different times of the day and I wish I wasn't like that. You know, I think I could be more, even more successful if, if I was more regimented, but regimens have never really worked for me because it makes things feel like work. Even though I go to the gym, like almost every day now, I don't say seven o'clock gym every day. Like if I don't feel good at seven o'clock, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'll go at night. You know, I'll make sure I get done, but that's just me. That's I feel. And what I'm trying to get to is you kind of have to find your own process for everything. Find something that you really love to do, which is very difficult nowadays because we're, we're inspired and we have a lot of influence by other people every day. I was just talking to my barber yesterday and, you know, like I'm looking at the rock, like lifting all this weight and shit and doing all this stuff. And it's like, damn, dude, like I want to be like, I'll never have a body like the rock. You know, the rock has been working out like that every day since he was 12. Mm -hmm. But what I could do is have the best body that I've ever had for me. And I try to feel that way when it comes to even being creative. It's like, I'm never going to be Dave Chappelle because there's only Dave Chappelle. There's only one. You know what I mean? That's what makes him so good. But I could be the best Daniel Priori. And that doesn't mean that I have to be a bigger star than that person or this person. But at the end of the day, just really striving to be a better version of yourself. Like our guys over here at one-on-one say it all the time. 1% better every day is, is a great goal to have. You know how it is though for you. Yeah, of course. And you know, you just got to respect your process because it's yours and don't force it. Just kind of go with the flow. If you feel inspired, do some art and figure out what it is that makes you feel inspired and do more of that, whether it's listening to music, going for a walk, whatever. I think as people, we get stuck trying to follow other people's process. Like this is my program. And if you do my program, this is how it's going to do. Take a little piece of everything from everybody. You know what I mean? Everyone's process is completely different because if, if everybody was like that, there'd be a hundred Dwayne, the rock Johnson's there's not. And then even with me, there'd be a hundred of me. There's not, yeah, you know, because I think we're all individually different. And now I will say, if you get into this part where you start to at least get 1% better every day, like we say over here, then you're going to pick up on things that you could do differently than everybody else. That's how you discover your intangibles is by trying to figure out, okay, what am I good at? What do I like to do? Let's do a little bit of that today. And a little bit of that tomorrow. And then you end up into it. Now you're doing a thousand hours of something, you know, you never thought you'd be doing. Yeah. And I'm also a big fan of trying new things and not telling people. 
That's hard. I'm a bragger. Me too. It's like I like I started playing like chess a while ago, but like I don't even tell anybody I play chess. Like I don't even want any of my friends to know it. <laughs> you know, because it's for me. And it helps my creative process. And it's not like something where it's uh some things just you don't have to share everything with everybody. Who are you playing chess with? There's an app. There's a chess app. And I go on there and I just play chess with stranger people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it, and it's really nice. These people don't know me. They beat me in chess and then they'll tell me how they beat me in chess after. And it's like, cool. Like I have like a different like friendship community on there. And it's all, it. yeah. Like, I think it's very important to have hobbies that nobody really knows you have. Yeah. Because that's how you build intangibles. You're not looking for like self your self-worth within your friend group and looking for self-worth within like the social media space, do something for you privately. And a lot of times that's where I get the most creative is because now I'm thinking differently than I've been thinking the rest of the entire day. Yeah. You know, it's not that deep. I never claim to be like super duper deep on that sense. When it comes to you and you're inspired, just do what you want to do. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Just get inspired. Do what you want to do and send us your work sometime. We'd love to see it. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next question. This is at TimBit22. Hey, Danny, I just caught my ex-girlfriend cheating on me a month ago. What are some things that I could do to better myself and hopefully make my next relationship even better? All right. Well, first, I'm going to have to start off by saying I'm happy that that started with ex-girlfriend and you're not with that <laughs> anymore yeah so i like that it started with x so right there that seems like some some healing just right there yeah like, hey what's up you know if he was like i caught my girlfriend cheating here's the thing about cheating happens a lot happens to a lot of people all right a lot of people have done it a lot of people have had it done to them just know that someone cheating on you has nothing to do with your security or your insecurity. People that cheat are insecure. It happens. People are people and people get insecure. So right there, I want you to just take that and not take it as, what did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Because listen, if you're having a hard time in a relationship and you're not liking the way somebody's moving, or you're not liking the way that they live their lives, you break up. There's no need. There's no need to cheat in relationships. You ever watch movies where like two characters will have good relationships, but like they'll frame their partners as like douches or douchettes. Yeah. And then they'll get together. I'm like, they're still cheating on their partners. Yeah. Totally. But as, as, as viewers were like, yeah, like we want that to happen. It's like Jim and Pam in the office. Pam cheated on, on Roy in the office. Mm-hmm. Right. But we look at it from a different side. She was insecure at that time. And that, you know, it's, that's how it is. And people, I try to tell people all the time when they ask like relationship advice, it's like, listen, if someone cheats on you, you got to get out of there first jump, because if someone gets away with cheating on you, they're going to be able to get away with everything else. That's the ultimate portrayal in a relationship. Yeah. And it is. And that's something that has to rest on that person's heart forever. Don't inherit their insecurity. Now to make your next relationship smooth is listen i watched white did you watch white lotus oh yeah so good all right do you remember when cameron's wife is telling cameron's best friend Mm -hmm. and having a conversation 
you're never going to know what people are thinking all the time. Yeah. You can't get caught up in this sense of what is this person doing all the time? The moment somebody leaves the apartment or leaves, they're in their own world now. You kind of have to let that go. And that scene really resonated with me because I've I've been in relationships, been so worried about what's this person thinking? What's this person doing all the time? Yeah, but it's it's also trust, which is a big part of a relationship. You have to trust that they aren't doing or thinking something that goes against, you know, you or what you stand for. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I've dealt with trust issues a lot in my life, whether facing trust issues or giving trust issues. But in the last year, I had to grow a lot with that too. I think the quicker you kind of put yourself in a position to realize, I can't make decisions for my partner all the time. That's not how relationships work. You have to give people the free reign to either make bad decisions or good decisions. I'd rather go into a relationship, especially a serious one, knowing that this person can make good decisions instead of bad decisions. Now, it's not a test, but you have to let people live their lives. And if people want to live their life a certain way, they want to live their life a certain way. And the biggest thing I want you to take from this answer is don't take your insecurity from this person cheating on you into your next relationship and put it on that person. Very true. That person doesn't deserve it. You got to start fresh. And so before you even get into another relationship, you have to work on healing from that previous relationship. Because I'll tell you, it's not going to work. Yep. It's not going to work. Not the way you want it to. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you a hypothetical, Sam, right? You, You and I are dating, right? I cheat on you. You come home and I tell you, right? Yeah. Even though I mustered up the strength to tell you, you're probably not going to stick around. No. It's the ultimate betrayal. It is. And I mean, obviously, you want your partner to be honest with you no matter what. But sometimes when your partner cheats on you and they tell you, it's almost a selfish thing because they just want to get it off their chest because it's tearing them apart inside. Yes. It's very difficult to be responsible for somebody else's actions. Don't let yourself be responsible for someone else's actions. They did that. Nobody forced them to do that. And if they're not ready, you know, they're insecure. It's not that they're a bad person. They're just not ready to be in a relationship. It has nothing to do with you, sadly, at that point. All right. Lady Loud, being a misdiagnosed bipolar lady, I'm curious, how do you deal with resentment? I have severe mood swings and I have a hard time letting anything go. I'm always honest when I'm on this show. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest now. I'm a resentful person. I am. So if you wrong me, we're done. And I know it shouldn't be that way. But going back to a couple of questions about wanting to help other people with their problems, I deal with a lot of paranoia, especially from my diagnosis. I've always been a paranoid person. So in situations when it comes to resentment, I've tried to get better at being less resentful because people are human beings. Like like we said in the question right before, people make mistakes. But my thing is, I have this weird complex where I can't let people get one over on me. Yeah. You know, like I have this big, big, massive ego when it comes to letting someone get one over on me. So I'm a resentful bastard. Do you still hold a lot of grudges even to this day from stuff in the past? 
fuck yeah. But I've gotten rid of a good amount of them. I've forgiven some people, which has been nice. But I just feel that a part of me has to be tough for me. It's yeah. almost like I have a little me mm-hmm. that like is very loud and defensive. Yeah. Because I've had people get over on me. I have in my life. And, you know, I've used um, I've used a lot of negative things to deal with it, whether it would have been drinking or like partying just to be like, oh, you know, and I used to be a lot more like uh, a lot more forgiving in situations where I shouldn't have been forgiving somebody. I'll say, listen, like we're good. Like I'll forgive you, but I'll, I will, I'll never forget. Yep. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. So when it comes in terms of resentment, don't be like me. Try to have a little more empathy for people. But, you know, that's something I would love to work on in my life. But I just feel like at times, and I don't know if you've ever felt this way, Sam, but if someone crosses me once, right? Yeah. Sometimes I chalk it up to just me like misreading the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, like because my insecurity and my ego gets caught up in it and I'll be like, no, 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 they didn't mean it like that. Like they didn't do that. Oh, but they did. But they did. So I'm more confrontational now than I was when I was younger. But confrontational is also a word that gets a bad rap sometimes. Yeah. I feel like confrontation is good sometimes. Absolutely. And I think my best friends now are the friends that hold me accountable and vice versa. And we do confront each other on certain things. And even with my partner now. You know, my fiance confronts me about things. We confront each other about things and it's made our relationship better because we've been able to confront each other about things and not take them personally. You know, this might be toxic, but I'm letting, I'm letting it fly. <laughs> there might be some room in the world for resentment because it can be a very motivating thing, but you can't let, again, other people affect your chi. Yep. So sometimes for me, I got to get people the fuck out of here to restore and save my chi. Mm-hmm. You know, my energy, my vibrations and shit. If you put like bad vibrations into the world, I, I, I can't have it around me. Yeah. Every time you're around me, you're fucking my day up. Yep. And, you know, I also just want to say, too, I would see a medical professional as well. You know, you said misdiagnosed bipolar and that you're having these oh. mood swings, having a hard time. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, there there's sure. help out there. For sure. And like, listen, I still deal with mood swings all the time. You know, it's just like kind of what I deal with, you know, but and this this even goes back to like my creative process. It's like I try to be creative even in in my worst of times. Mm -hmm. If I'm super up, like I'm happy, I try to be I try to be creative. If I'm down in the dumps, I try to be creative. It makes me more versatile as an entertainer. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to function because I'm sure there's going to be times where I do shows where I don't want to do the fucking show. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Whether it be a podcast or a live show or or whatever. But in what I do for a living, nobody cares. Be about it. Come out and or say I'm having a horrible time. People resonate with true shit. Yeah. If I came on the show, like not feeling that great today, people would be like, you know what? I feel that. Because it's not all fucking sunshine and rainbows out here. People got problems. Yeah. And legitimate ones. And one's worse than mine. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I think a lot of times we just have to be honest about that. Yeah. Because a lot of people's defense 
It's like, well, this person's got it worse. I don't give a shit about that. That don't unvalidate my feelings. Yeah. That sucks for them that they're having a worse time, but I'm having a pretty bad time over here too. Yep. We all have our own situations, our own lives. Every person's different. Nothing is better or worse. You know, it's just different. Yeah. It's one of those things. Listen, if your car is broken down and you have the money to fix it, right? You're going to fix it. Now, if your car is broken down and you don't have the money to fix it, what do you do? You drive around in the car until it's an unrepairable piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let it get there. Don't let it get there. That's the thing. Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. Not going to give you some like fancy scientific speech. Go to the doctor. This is what they get paid to do. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, there are resources out there. Even if you don't have money, listen, I didn't care about money when I didn't have money to go to the doctor. I just went and I figured it out after. You know, I'm trying to tell people all the time, like, don't wait to fix your body because you can't afford it. You could figure it out. There are programs to help you. It just takes a couple of phone calls. You want to be able to put in the work. That's You have to do that for your body. You have to. So true. This is an interesting question. Um, this is Javi Castillo 94. Have you ever experienced depersonalization? I guess it's a feeling where you feel like everything around seems fake or a simulation. I want to say that ever since my grandma passed away, I got in a depression where now I feel like I'm super aware of my surroundings and life, like I'm in a body and I'm controlling it, but not knowing that I'm me. Of course, I know I'm me, but it's just intrusive thoughts that I get 24-7. Yes. Yes, I've had that many times. When I first like started having anxiety and panic, I did have these feelings of almost like there was a camera over my head, like a like an overview. Mm -hmm. It was weird. It it feels like an outer body experience, kind of. Yeah. Have you ever had one? Yeah. I mean, honestly, ever since I saw the Truman show when I was like 10, I was like in therapy at the time because my parents had just gotten divorced. And I remember I walked into the therapist office and I said, I just saw this movie and I think this is me. And she was like, oh, honey, you're not that important. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Thanks. But that so many that movies messed so many people up. Have you seen that movie? Many, many times. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie, but damn, gets yeah, in your head. Seen, yeah, if you've never seen the Truman Show, check it out. I'm important to me, though. Mm-hmm. I'm in my own fucking Truman Show every day in my brain, for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm the main character in my story. I'm a supporting character in other people's stories. I'm an influence in other people's stories. And then I'm just ain't shit in other people's stories. You know what I mean? So we all kind of do live our own movie, if you really think about it. It sounds like this person wants to kind of feel some more connection yeah. to themselves. So what I do in the sciencey sense of that, I do some grounding techniques when I do feel that disassociation. Mm-hmm. Because I've had times where like I feel like I can't feel wind on my skin. Huh. Like I can't feel like almost like my limbs, like nothing's kind of there. And I'm standing like almost like in purgatory almost. Ugh. Yeah, because I'm having this weird sensation of like, I'm kind of, it's like almost, you know how toys are encased in like plastic? Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of feels like. It's hard to explain. But Interesting. I'll but I'll feel that way. Like, oh, like what the fuck? Like it's, it feels very strange. But in those situations, I have to ground myself. And one of the best things that I do in the morning is I plant my feet. This is, this is kind of funny, but 
I have a terrace out here. I'm sure everybody has an outside of wherever they live. I go outside for like a minute because it's freezing in New York now. But I go outside, I either walk the dogs or I step outside onto my terrace and kind of feel the elements of like the earth in a weird way. Yeah, no, that's a real technique. That's a real thing. It is, right? Yeah, it's grounding. It's, you know, putting your feet in the earth and just taking a deep breath. And, you know, I also think too, when you experience loss, you don't want to be in your body. You don't want to be in this situation that you're trying to protect yourself, but now time has passed and you need to get back in. My father said to me once, and I thought he was being a jerk when he said it, but it makes more sense the older I get. Nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, that's why you have to do stuff for yourself, by yourself, to just be able to enjoy other people and enjoy your life. Because listen, man, you you got billionaires killing themselves. You've got middle class people killing themselves and you got poor ass fucking people killing themselves there's no discrimination when it comes to mental health and there's no discrimination when it comes to having those feelings this Mm -hmm. happens to a lot of people i want people to understand that whenever they watch this show is that you got to do homework yeah what i mean i can only say so much you know i'm not a professional i'm looking for answers too a lot of the time you know Mm-hmm. It's about having the conversations, though. Yeah. It's about talking with people about what you're doing. And to everyone that sent in a question to say, that's your first step. This is everyone's first step today. So if you hear this and it gets back to you, I'm really, really proud because it, it's hard to send a question like that. I want you to you guys know that this is the first step in your journey. And I have many steps left in my journey. Sam has many steps left in her journey. And everybody does. But like, you know, everybody's journeys can intertwine and intersect at times. And when they do, it's be positive and be helpful in those moments. This is going to be the last question for the day. And I know it's something that you have talked about on the show before, Danny, but I thought maybe we could dig even a little more deep into this question, which is from Jilly Russell, UK. Do you worry about future children having mental health issues? All the time. Mm -hmm. I know you do. I know you want kids so badly and you're probably going to hopefully have some soon. How do you get past that? Again, it deals with selfishness. You know, it's, mm-hmm. oh my God, how could I do this to my child? You know? Yeah. I feel that if everybody went off the fact of they didn't want their children to inherit something about them, there would be no children. Yeah, that's a great point. There's something about all of us that we don't like. And then you want to know what's even worse about it? Like when you see your kid, like give it back to you. Like I'm fresh. Like I, I have a fresh mouth. <laughs> I could be a very fresh boy. Yes. You know, and I could be a brat. Odds are my kids are going to inherit some of that and yeah. I'm going to kind of have to live through it. And now when it comes to the point of, uh, you know, that I'm getting to, if my child deals with depression, because it can be hereditary for sure. I mean, it is hereditary, but it can be. Mm-hmm. I will be the best equipped person to deal with it in the home because I've done the research. I've gone to get my help. I still continue to get my help. I still have questions in my life that I need answered. And I still seek those answers and I'm still motivated to get better. And whenever that does happen, if it does happen, everybody gets the blues. 
Everybody yeah. gets this. And at some point, I will probably have to deal with that at some point, but I will be the most equipped person to get it done. Because if I'm willing to work for myself as lazy as I've been in my life in terms of like health, when it comes to kids, there's nothing I won't do for them. You're going to be such a good dad. I hope so. Yeah. And, you know, not only are you the best equipped person to deal with it, but you have so many resources, you know, that your parents didn't have for you. So they're probably a great point. That's a great point. I mean, they're going to be so equipped, like, you know, you're probably going to make them go to therapy, even if they're not depressed. And that's cool, too. Yeah, because I'm a big fan in like family therapy. If my family were ever able to go back in time, and I usually try not to think like this, (laughs) but if my family went to like family sessions, like we'd be chilling on a lot of shit that we dealt with later. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be a big fan of family sessions. That that shit's going to be normal. What are you doing for the holidays? Tell us what your family time is looking like over the next week. So my family time is I'm going up to Lake Placid with my family. We got a, a cabin up there that we're going to be chilling out in and uh, enjoying the snow. I didn't go as crazy on gifts this year in past years because I feel like I've uh, kind of made up for like lack of being accessible in gifts sometimes. Mm. Now, like my gift is kind of like myself. Yeah, you know, I showed up. Merry Christmas. Yeah, because like I think a lot of times people would rather be with you than you get them something. Oh yeah. You know, I think it means a lot more. But you know, to everyone listening, I still got you gifts, but it'll be a lot of fun just to kind of shut off and enjoy family for a couple of days because not everybody has the opportunity to hang out and see their family during the holidays. So it'll be a lot of fun to just chill out. What are you doing? My boyfriend's family is here. My mom is coming in tomorrow. We have everybody coming to us in our two-bedroom apartment. Lots of food, uh, you know, watching movies by the Christmas tree and also lighting the menorah. And it's just going to be, it's a big family fest. It's going to be lit. you have any New Year's resolutions? You know, most years I think new year's resolutions are bullshit but this year i'm kind of into it and i don't know why you kind of i i thought resolutions are so dumb yeah now yeah but i'm still not really sure what they are but i know that i want them you know i want to well i want to start doing yoga that's something attainable yes yes. that's a good one that's a good one i want to be less on my phone Mm. i want my screen time to be cut in half yeah, it's so crazy when it notifies you of how many hours a week, isn't it? You're like, oh my God. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I'm not even going to say how much. I'll send you, though. Okay. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to even say it on here. Like, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> well, in your defense, your job is a lot of on your phone. I know, I know. But I got to find ways to, like, do it via text or something. Like, uh, like through something else, like Slack or yeah. something like Something on my computer. Like I have to be off my phone. My phone is too much. Mm. Too much. But yeah, that's one that I'm definitely going to try for. Awesome. Good. Well, thank you guys so much for your questions. This was so fun. And we're going to do more of these episodes. So continue to send them in. DM us, whatever. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, you guys know one-on-one OTC on Instagram. Thank you guys for the support. I love you guys. I really hope you have an amazing holiday, whether you're spending it with your family or not. We're your family. So we're sending just some love out to you and hoping that you guys have a nice, 
safe holiday. It's a very stressful time, makes a lot of people anxious, but you know, don't let it consume you. Try to enjoy the holiday and for what it's worth. You know, I always get mushy around the holidays. Hmm. I get mushy. I like to cry every once in a while. <laughs> Tonight I'll probably cry. I'll put the Charlie Brown Christmas on there. Do it. Let Linus talk to me for a little bit, cry a little bit, and go to sleep. Why not? Thanks for joining me on another episode of Off the Cuff, presented to you by 101 Life. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and send us some love with a review. And don't forget, we're all in this together and you're never alone. Peace. Fate Entertainment. Ah!